I want you to hear this account that I've read. Those of you who have children, uh, you'll recognize this. It's, I read this years ago. Father wrote this about his daughter, and you know, I, I saved it, kept it for a, a day when I talked about prayer. When my daughter Kelly was three, she and uh, my son Cody would say their nightly prayers together. As do most children, they blessed every family member, every friend, every animal, current and past. For several weeks after we'd finished nightly prayer, Kelly would say, and all girls. As including this at the end soon became part of her nightly routine, my curiosity got the best of me. And I asked her, you know, Kelly, uh, why, do you, why do you always add the about, about the, the all girls part at the end? And she said, well, because daddy, at the end of your prayers, you always say all men. Anyway, uh, Kelly's all-girls routine reminds us actually how complicated prayer can be. And, and uh, that should matter to us because prayer is a critical part of how we connect to God. We're talking about connection with God, and so if you miss everything else today, don't miss this. Prayer is really important to our connection to God, and it must be learned. We have to learn how to pray. It's complicated. We have to learn how to pray. Welcome to the fourth conversation in this series. And last week, we said that the practice of a creative devotion was indispensable. We can't do without it. It's indispensable to our connection with God. A creative devotion practice. A devotional life, a, a devotional practice that's creative. It's indispensable to our connection with God. We also said there are two habits that are vital to a creative devotional life. The first habit is paying attention to God's Word, literally spending time in the Bible. The other vital devotional habit is prayer. Vital devotional habit is prayer. In short, this is how we build a relationship with God. If you, work in, if you live in Stone Ridge and you work down near D.C., you can take either Route 50 or the toll road to get in toward the city. Those are the two arteries that serve this part of the county. If you want to have a connection with God, there are two arteries that you, you have to take them to build a connection with God. It, it is paying attention to God's Word and prayer. It's that simple. It's not easy, but it's that simple. So why pray? Well, you can't have a relationship with anyone if you don't communicate with them. The same is true with God. And, and simply put, prayer is talking with God. We can't have a connection with God if we don't talk with them. And this, if we're honest, this sounds kind of difficult, right? Talking with God. And it can be. It can be very difficult. Now, on the one hand, prayer is very simple. Father, thank you for this food that I get to eat. Amen. Anybody can do it anytime, anywhere. But prayer can also be very complicated because God isn't like us. And the Bible tells us that we can pray, actually, we can pray wrongly. And there are things that, that can be in our lives that make our prayers unheard. So prayer can be complicated, and the fact that prayer is complicated means that it must be learned. Like any other skill, prayer must be learned. Like, like any other relationship, our prayer life has to grow and develop. Prayer plays a vital part in facilitating our connection with God, and it must be learned. Okay, the very best place to learn how to pray is from Jesus himself. In fact, one time, uh, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord teach us to pray. Look at this context in Luke chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying a certain place. He finished and one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Obviously, 
They had seen Jesus praying and, and it looked different than the way they prayed. So teach us to pray. And in answer to that question, Jesus gave them the lesson that Jan read for us this morning from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. Now in, in what Jan read for us this morning, he, he gave us three, as an introduction, he gave us three, Jesus gave us three critical, important truths, three key truths, and then he gave us a model for prayer, and we're going to go over all of that this morning. Our three key truths, and then we'll go over the prayer model. First key truth, number one, talk to God with regularity. Talk to God with regularity. Talk to God regularly. Prayer must be regular. Jesus began this teaching. Did you hear it? When you pray. In other words, Jesus assumed that prayer would be regular. We can't learn to talk to God if it's not a regular activity. We can't be benefited by God if it's not a regular activity. The Apostle Paul knew this. He told us in one of his letters, pray constantly. All right, I've already lost some of you. I know some of you are thinking, this is exactly what I can't seem to do. I can't seem to develop the habit of prayer regularly. I know you're thinking that because I often think that. I know far more about prayer than I put into practice. And part of what I know is that prayerlessness is death. And if you've been around faith for a long time, and I know some of your stories, and I know you have, then I want to remind you of that. Prayerlessness is death. If you feel a real disconnect from God this morning, it may be because your life has been prayerless. Uh, we have to get this one right. You will not experience anything like the freedom that God has made available to you in Christ if your life is prayerless. You will, your life will not be anywhere near as impactful as God desires it to be, as you desire it to be, if your life is prayerless. There's a great devotional writer from uh, a Norwegian devotional writer named O. Hollisby. And O. Hollisby said this, prayer is the breath of the soul the organ by which we receive Christ into our parched and withered hearts. So I want you to try something this morning. This is not just rhetorical. I literally want you to do this. I did this this morning at 9 o'clock, and I encourage the online audience to do it, even though I'm sure they won't. But in here, we're going to do this. We're going to try a holding our breath exercise. So I want you to hold your breath. And we're, we're going to move for a second while we're holding our breath. And I want you to hold your breath. All right, stand with me. We're going to take a deep breath, and you're just going to march in place right where you are, holding your breath. And I literally want you to try to hold your breath the whole time. So let's get ready to take a deep breath. All right, deep breath. Keep going. We're doing fine. Don't breathe. Do not breathe. We're not doing as well, are we? In fact, we're not doing well at all. Keep going. Okay, you can stop. Sit down. Now, a few of you were doing okay at the end. You were starting to feel it. Some of you cheated. You took a breath before I did at the end because you couldn't take it. You couldn't you couldn't keep up the activity without breathing. That is what the prayerless soul looks like. And if you remain prayerless long enough, the soul will black out. And if it's given no oxygen, 
it will die. I'm going to step aside from the Matthew 6 reading for just a second. Parents, this is mainly for you. There are many causes of prayerlessness. We could do a long series of conversations on prayerlessness. In fact, we should sometime. But I want to list just two this morning while we're talking about it that I have found prevalent in my own life and I found prevalent from many conversations with you talking about your spiritual lives. The first cause of prayerlessness that I want to mention that's often true for us and we don't even realize it. Some of us don't pray because we have a vision problem. Boys and girls, you know what it's like if you're in a cloud and you can't see. Some of us have a vision problem. We have the wrong vision of God and the wrong vision of ourselves. When this is true, we usually aren't conscious of it. it, it the vision problem operates under the surface of our lives, but, but it destroys our motivation for prayer. And, and usually the vision problem is we envision God as this taskmaster, and we have to measure up and, and get everything right. And we envision ourselves as hypocritical and feeble and just unable to measure up to those standards. But this is a completely wrong view. Our God is loving our God longs to show us favor. Any rules that he commands for us, he does for our protection and for our furtherance, for our good. And we, because Christ lives in us, we carry around the force that created the universe just under our skin. We are not worthless and defeated, quite the opposite. We are loved, we are pleasing to God, our lives are empowered by God, so let's go to him without hesitation. The second problem that creates prayerlessness in our lives is often because we have allowed spiritual viruses to go untreated in us. We have lived with anger or lust or greed or envy or worry for far too long, and those viruses have depleted our spiritual resources. Let's use a different analogy. Imagine a long-distance runner running while wearing 150-pound shoes. She certainly couldn't finish a marathon. She couldn't run very far at all. And listen, it would be pointless to give her a back rub and some Gatorade. That's not what she needs. She needs to, she needs to change her shoes. And in our case, we need to get rid of the excess weight in our lives. We need to confess our sins. We need to clear up the virus. We need to find someone we trust and do some spiritual work. This will release us to pray. The first key truth about prayer is that talking with God must be regular. Prayerlessness is death to our connection with God. And we must do whatever we must do to make talking with God a regular feature in our lives or our connection with God will, will suffer. Our souls need the oxygen. So, what will you do this week to make prayer more regular? I don't want you to talk out loud, but this is not a rhetorical question. He said this hoping that they will spend 30 seconds thinking about the answer right now. What will you do to make talking with God more regular this week? How can your morning change? What can you do with your car time? Your television time at night? What will you do to make talking with God more regular this week? Key truth number two. 
We should talk to God in private. We should talk to God in private. Jesus said it like this in, in verses 5 and 6. Give me that verse, Pete. Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues or in the street corners to be seen by others. This is a big one. They have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who's unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Prayer is about us and God. It's private. The purpose of prayer is to have a conversation with God. We don't pray to show off to others. In fact, this is why some people struggle with praying in public. They don't, they don't, know, they don't feel like they have the right words. We do it to strengthen our relationship with him. Now, this doesn't mean that we can't pray with our family. This doesn't mean that we don't pray in church or with friends, but it means that talking with God is personal and intimate. Whenever we talk to God, wherever we talk to God, it's a conversation with God. It's a conversation with God, for God, and about our relationship with God. That makes me think of a couple of things. I have many times prayed this kind of prayer. I'll bet you have or you've heard this before. But have you, have you ever prayed this kind of prayer where you pray, Father, you're in a group of people. And you pray, Father, I pray for my uncle. He was my favorite uncle. Uh, he lived in Florida for many years, and he used to take me fishing. He's a great guy, and, and I just, I'm worried about him. He's in the hospital right now, and he's been there for three weeks. And God knows all of that. You're praying that for the other people. Prayer is between you and God. It's private. You know what else it makes me think of? It makes me think of the kind of prayer where you're really talking to the other people in the room. It, uh, you're, you're not really talking to God. Like prayer like this. Father, I pray for Gateway. I pray that they would be generous, especially to their pastor. I pray that you'd remind them that they, Diane and he, he have never been to Hawaii. And I pray... By the way, Gateway is extraordinarily generous to its pastor. Thank you. But that, that, or, you know, Father, I pray for my children that they'll be more well-behaved. I especially pray in the grocery store that they won't be grabbing for things. That's, that prayer is for you. That's a matter of discipline. That's not a matter of prayer. Prayer is private. And when we talk to God, it's private and it's intimate. It's about us and God. It's about our relationship with God. Third key truth, talking with God must be real. Talking with God's got to be real. Listen to how Jesus said this in verses 7 and 8. When you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they're going to be heard because of their many words. Oh, Lord, I just pray that, that you'll just make that better, just that situation. Make it better. You know, just take care of it. Make it better, Lord. Make it better. Make that situation better, Lord. Make that situation. Take that situation under control. Make it. He heard you the first time. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Don't make stuff up to sound spiritual. You don't need to do that. You don't do that with your friend. Uh, I, this makes me think of form prayers. Some of you grew up in churches where there were lots of form prayers. And uh, form prayers can be wonderful. Uh, Diane and I have this thing that we uh, go through every once in a great while at night. Uh, it's kind of a worship service thing, and it's got a priest part and a response part, and sometimes I'll do the priest and she'll do the response. Sometimes she does the priest and I'll do the response. And at the end of it, there's this beautiful little prayer 
Guide us waking and guard us sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. And you know, it's, it, I don't know, there's something about it. When we did that more regularly, I just loved that saying that over us right before we went to sleep. But if we did this every night for years and years, that prayer would become very, very boring. And form prayers can be that. You don't, you, you don't, use, you don't take out a form when you're talking to your friend and say, Greetings to you, good friend of mine. You know, hey, what's up? Prayer is conversation with God. So um, I want us to try something. Let's pray right now. And when I say that, not rhetorically, I mean literally. Uh, Boys and girls, if you're wiggly, that's okay. Moms and dads, I want you to try to pray anyway. I'm going to give you 30 seconds, and I want you to try to pray right now. So... We're going to get quiet, and you just go have a conversation with God about whatever's on your mind right now. And boys and girls, if you could pray too, that would be great. Let's pray. Amen. Let's review. Prayer must be regular. It must be private. And when we talk with God, it should be real. And building on these key truths, Jesus then gave us a model for how to pray. And I want you to know, I have literally used this model many times over the years in my own prayer time. So, first we're going to say Jesus' model prayer together. And then I'm going to give you five movements for the model prayer. Five movements for the model prayer. All right? Let's say this together. There are various translations, debt, transgressors, sinners. Those are, they all translate the same word. This has debts and debtors. So uh, we're going to do the Our Father, and I'm going to break it up into five movements for you. And let's go old school. Let's stand out of reverence for God's word as we say this together. I'll get you to pause after each movement so you can check it out, and then, and then I'll give you some titles to help you think about it. All right, let's go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Pause. That's movement number one. Okay, let's go. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pause. That's movement number two. Okay, let's go. Give us today our daily bread. Pause. That's movement number three. And now, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Pause. That's movement number four. And now last. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You may be seated. So movement number one, let's call this praise God. And this is on your sheet, boys and girls. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed translates the Greek word hagiadzo, which is a fancy way of saying 
to make something sacred, to make it holy, to make it special. And your name in the ancient Near East, that represented your reputation. So this is, I want to brag about God. I want to make his reputation really big. I want to make it special. I want, I want people to know about my God. And that's where prayer begins in Jesus' mind. Heather DeJani told me this week when her children were young, she would train them in how to pray at night, and she essentially trained them in Jesus' model prayer. She would begin that prayer by saying to her boys, God, you are, and then they would fill in the blank. And she was training them to praise God. That's where it begins, movement one. Movement number two, give yourself to God. Or... On your sheet, boys and girls, how can God be in charge? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom, remember when Jesus uses that term, he means God's rule, God's reign, his governance over my life and the world, over my life, over my finances, over my current crisis, over my children, over my time, over my marriage. There are things I want, there are things I need, God, but first and foremost, I want you and whatever you want because I know you want what's best for me. Two weeks ago in the kids' class upstairs, the kids talked about the model prayer, and Kristen gave them a pencil. And she reminded them that they can write a story about their life, but God is really the author of their life, and they should give that pencil to God. So this is a time in prayer when we give over to God the control of our lives, and we have to be reminded of that every day. Because if we're not, we'll take the reins back. So this is me saying, God, today I pray that my agenda would be your agenda for me. I pray for Diane. I give her up to you. I give my children up to you. I give my worries to you. And I give my plans to you. If they're not of you, make them go away. The third movement is forgive and get forgiveness. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, Forgiving others is a big stinking deal. Such a big deal that right after Jesus gave the model prayer, right after the passage that Jan read for us, in the very next verse, Jesus elaborates on this one movement. He says this in verse 14 of Matthew 6. For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. What? Even, even shock, more shocking. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, the principle here is convicting, huh? We will be forgiven pretty much to the degree that we have offered forgiveness. But then know this, getting God's forgiveness, that's an even bigger deal. The prophet Isaiah told us, this is one of the scariest verses to me in the entire scripture. The prophet Isaiah told us in chapter 59, verse 2, that if we have sin in our lives, God will hide his face from us. And and he won't hear us. He will literally not hear our prayer. So if you feel like there are times when your prayer doesn't go past the ceiling, that may be true. He might not be hearing you. If there's sin in your life, he will hide his face from you. Movement number five, we ask for spiritual protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The Bible is pretty honest and pretty bleak in its perspective about our world. Our world is unfriendly territory to faith. And I don't mean America. I mean planet Earth. I've heard the life of faith, our life of faith, described as being parachuted behind enemy lines. You and I need protection. Your your prayer life will be incomplete 
without this acknowledgement and without this request, without praying for his protection over your life because you're being attacked and you need protection. So the fifth movement is asking for his protection. Ask him to surround you, to protect your family, to help you guard your heart and your mind against temptation. Now, as I said, this is not theoretical. This is meant in the most practical sense. I have at times when I've gotten out of the habit of prayer, when I've let prayer grow stale, when my heart has grown a little bit cold towards God, I have had to reawaken my heart by using this as a discipline. And I, will, I have taken my phone before and set a stopwatch for two minutes. And I'll spend two minutes praising God. God, you are awesome. And even yesterday, I noticed how faithful you have been to Diane and I. And God, I, I, I thank you uh, for being in my life. I've, I've seen, I've just, I see signs of it. And I'm sorry I, I neglect it. Time up. Then I'll spend two minutes giving control over to him. Look, you're the boss. And I... I forget that, and today I remember, you're the boss of the universe, so you're really the boss of my life. And uh, I think of my time, and I give it to him. Time's up, and then I begin to make requests. And I'll pray for my day, I'll pray for Diane, I'll pray for our children, I pray for you. And I'll offer specific prayer requests that you send in. I'll make requests. Time's up, then I get clean. And if there's not anything in me that I'm really, I'm not holding on to any bitterness. You know, I'm not, I'm not hating Robin because he did something to hurt my feelings. But I'll think about these, these relationships that have little tangles. And I, I, you know, I hope they don't call or I got to do that and I don't want to. Why don't I want to? God, I release that. And I, whatever, if there's anything in me, if I'm not forgiving something, I let that go. And I ask you to then forgive me. Time's up. And now I pray for protection. I pray for his covering over my mind, over my heart. I pray for his covering over my day. I pray for his protection over my finances because he's in charge of that stuff. I pray for his protection over my health. And your prayer life is going to be missing something if you don't, it's going to be missing power if you don't add that, that element to it. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get some homework before we leave, because this is a, this is a critically important topic. There, I'm, I'm talking to some really good people. I'm talking to some people this morning who are godlier than I am. That, that's not a very high standard. You're godlier than Diane, my wife, and you feel disconnected from God. And you're wondering, where are you, God? And it's because your life has been prayerless. You haven't pursued him. So, uh, I'm going to give you some homework this week. Uh, first of all, I want you to decide what you will do to make talking with God more regular. This week. What, what are you going to do this week? Don't plan for the next year. That won't work. What are you going to do this week to make talking with God more regular? You already had a minute earlier, but you didn't think of anything, did you? So now, you, that's your homework. Uh, if you don't have the habit of prayer, then use the Lord's Prayer. Make it a minute. It's five minutes. Make it a minute per movement. Second homework assignment, in your small group, if you're in a small group, or with a friend, or, or your spouse, discuss 
What grade would you give your prayer life? A, B, C, D, F. And why? What grade would you give your prayer life? And why? Now, many of you are going to be too hard on yourself. That's one of the reasons that you need to do it with a friend. Oh, I give myself an F. You're not an F. You haven't failed. That's you not meeting God's standard. There are a few of you who are like super A+. You need to tell us why, because you're probably not A+, okay? Uh, so what, what grade would you give? Third, take some time to study prayer. I mean, literally. Uh, we're going to the beach this summer, and Diane and I can't wait. If you're going on vacation this summer, grab a book on prayer. I'll recommend two books. If you're looking for a book, uh, they, they have pretty complicated titles. The first one is called Prayer, and it's by Tim Keller. Timothy Keller, Pastor Timothy Keller, Prayer. The second one is called Prayer, and it's by that guy O'Hallesby, H-A-L-L-E-S-B-Y, O'Hallesby, Prayer. Um, or go to Right Now Media. If you're part of Gateway, you have a subscription. Go to Right Now Media. Type in prayer in the search. And there are some great studies on prayer on Right Now Media. Do one. And the fourth homework assignment is uh, complicated, but I, this group is smart. So I think we can handle it. Pray. All right, let's do that now. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come if they would. Let's pray. Father, honestly, we've heard you. We've heard the reminder. And you've heard us in words that haven't even yet been spoken. Jesus, govern this area of our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we would be motivated not by guilt, but by opportunity. Lord, I pray that there would be no sagging shoulders here but that we would be energized by just your offer to spend time with you and to be changed by that and to be empowered by that and to have our lives make a difference because of that and be connected, really connected to you because of that. Father, I also want to pray over all of these adults and over our boys and girls here that you would pour out your Holy Spirit that you would fill us fresh and anew. I pray that we would sense it, that being with you is the best. I mean, whatever is on our agenda, it's not as good as being with you, being in your house, being in your presence. That's better. That we would sense that. Hear us, Lord.